Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We give you honor and glory. We praise you for who you are. We thank you for your presence here this morning. Holy Spirit, fill this place. Fill this place this morning. Give us ears to hear your voice. Give us a heart to receive your word. And Lord, I pray that I get out of the way and let you do your work. Father, we give you all the praise, all the glory. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Y'all can be seated. How's everybody doing? Good. Well, if you've been anywhere near me or my wife this morning, you'll know that I'm nervous as all get out. <laughs> and, you know, is, uh, a lot of times I'm not nervous when I preach, and sometimes that's a little bit too overconfident. You know, I got this, God. If I need your help, I'll call on you. So this morning is, is I kind of share, it might be a little bit, there's a little hair there, I'm not swatting flies, uh, a little <laughs> hair. This morning's message is kind of just having a conversation. We're going to talk a little bit. Uh, the, the topic this morning is praying for your pastor. Praying for your pastor. We're going to look at that a little bit. Hopefully I'll be able to break it down into a really practical uh, approach to this, but um, if you have your Bibles, if you could turn to 1 Peter chapter 5. I've only got a couple scriptures that we're going to refer to today, but we're going to start here anyhow. You notice I brought these glasses just in case, you know. I've got bifocal contacts, but yet i got to wear. So excuse me. 1 Peter chapter 5. So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, who's the chief shepherd? That's right. When the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Likewise, you who are younger, that's all of us, so I guess I just called Pastor Lee old, right? Likewise, you are, who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful, for your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. All right, pull these off a little bit. Now, I'm not going to dig into all 
of those components and pieces, but as we talk this morning, we're going to hit on all of those. But the first thing I want to do is talk about just the phrase, pray for your pastor. And let's take a look at that, because I think if we talk about praying for your pastor or, or, or you're in conversation with a family member or a friend, do you pray for your pastor? Oh, yeah, we pray for Pray for our pastor. But do we really understand the impact of what that is? So I was thinking uh, as a good way to look at this is let's take the word pastor. What is a pastor? It's an overseer, an elder. In the New Testament, you'll see the word elder referred to a lot of times referring to the pastor or those in leadership, right? So when you look at what a pastor is, he's an overseer, he's a leader, he's a shepherd, okay? And if you think about that in general terms, there's a lot of pastors out there, there's a lot of shepherds out there. God in his wisdom, and this is great, he cares for you so much that he's set in place a person to take care of you, to be somebody who feeds you, somebody who educates and, and helps grow you up in the faith. That's a pastor. But the phrase says, pray for your pastor. You know, let's pray for your pastor. Let's break that down even more. It's not just any pastor. He's your pastor. It's personal. Think about any crisis that you may have had. I know for me, if I have a family crisis, somebody gets rushed to the hospital, some major thing goes wrong, the first person I'm calling up is my pastor. When I am having a stressful week, be it at work, I think years ago when I had uh, the four kids at home, and it's just a tough week. Yeah, I'm praying to God, but I'm reaching out to my pastor. All the stresses of life, <laughs> I tend to share a little bit with my pastor. My pastor cares. Why? Because God has chosen him to be my pastor. Pastor Lee is the pastor of this church. But looking around here, he's called him to be your pastor. It's personal. Why? Because there's a connection there. There's a, a, a personal connection. There's an anointing for him to speak in a way that you can receive God's word. Now, some may be here visiting for the first time and say, well, you know, I'm not so sure about that. Find your pastor. Find your pastor. Find that shepherd that God has anointed to speak into your life. We can get a little personal here. You guys care about that? No. Back in 2010... 
maybe 2011, I forget, I'm old, give me a break, right? <laughs> Shelly and I moved to this area. We prayed hard, God, where do you want us to be? Where do you want us to be? I don't want to go to any church. I want to go to the church, Lord, that you've called me to go to. I, I don't know where that is. And as we were praying, uh, Shelly's friend said, hey, Life Point's a great church. And we prayed about it, and I, I called churches in the area, hey, what do you stand for? You know, what's God telling you, this and that? And so we came in to Life Point. We walked into Life Point and thought, wow, feels like home. Feels like home. And, and we ended up being here. Now, and stick with me on this part. Why are some of you giggling? You know the story already, huh? <laughs> we were here for a few years. And I left. We went to another church. Went for a while. I won't tell you which church because, you know, the list gets kind of long and you'll see that in a second. Oh, this church was great. I'm used to this type of service. I'm used to this type of teaching. I'm used to this. I'm used. It should be great. Intellectually, it makes sense for us to be here. Except for one little thing. God didn't call me to be there. Called me to be here. Well, I, you know, was there. Uh, it's good, but, oh, God wants me somewhere else. So we, we church hopped to another place. And as you may know, Shelly works at the uh, St. Walmart on uh, a lot of the Sundays. And uh, so there was a few Sundays there. I'd travel as far over to the east and to the west and to different churches and sit in, go in there and with anticipation, like, is this where you want me, God? Oh, God, no. <laughs> and then we, we go to another Bible-believing, uh, just full of love for each other and for God, and it's a great church, and we were there for a little bit, but God, is this where you want us? No. And that went on for a period of time. Then it was, uh, don't remember the exact date, but it's, I wonder how LifePoint's doing. Let's just visit. And we just, out of the blue, came back to visit. Pastor Lee wasn't even here. He was, I don't even remember where he was, somewhere out west. Uh, we come in, and some strange guy in a beard's up here preaching. <laughs> I'm like, who is that guy? But we walked in and we were greeted by several people. By Mr. Ed. As if we had never left. Chuck, Shelley, several others. Greeted as if we had never left. 
welcome back. We walked in, and it felt like home. Well, the problem was me. I wanted to be where I wanted to be. But God has a place for us. God has a man of God that he's anointed and equipped to feed us. You need to find that man of God, that shepherd. That's why we're here. Because God has told us to be here, to be fed here. You see, it's not any pastor that's your pastor. There's a particular pastor. Find out who that is. Get under that ministry. I pray it's here, but I'm not God. Now, is that a little risky to say and everything? And is that comfortable to say? And kind of glad Pastor Lee's not here. Don't tell him. (laughs) But it's more important that you get fed then you fill up a chair. It's more important that you operate the way that God's called you to operate, that you are in the center of his will than anything else. So that's your pastor. And and as we're talking about pray, and I might be a little bit longer than 1105, This is just the introduction, I'm sorry. (laughs) Never trust a Pentecostal who says he's going to be short. (laughs) Pray for your pastor. We covered the pastor, your pastor, now four. The four part is very important. Pray for, instead of, on behalf of. Lift up your pastor in prayer. Have him be the subject of your prayer, a concentrated effort to stand in the gap for him. Be that intercessor for him. And I'm going to break that down into three categories here that will make it real easy and simple in in just a minute. But understand that we are responsible as sheep to pray for our pastor. So looking in... uh, few different concordances and trying to get real tricky and fancy because, you know, I want to impress, right? It didn't work out so well. That's another story for another time. But uh, every time I'd see pray for us as whether it's Paul or Peter or, or, or any of the uh, apostles or, or so, so that we can proclaim the gospel, so that we can Speak with boldness so that we can operate in the gifting that we've got. When we pray for our pastor, that should be our prayer. That the vision that God has set in him for this area, for this time, that we are praying for on his behalf, that that word goes out. We'll look at that a little bit closer in a second. And The first word, which is the last of my intro, pray. How many of you guys on Facebook? 
how many of you on Facebook but don't want to admit it? No, that's okay. <laughs> it's a social media, right? It's, it's a way of connecting. It's a way of communicating back and forth. And many times there's family issues or maybe too much is exposed on Facebook, but there's some sort of reaching out. If something happens, uh, the, the, the tragedy down in Florida, we hear about that and uh, you know, somebody has a particular prayer need, maybe they throw it out there and everything. And there's a lot of good for that. I'm not knocking that. But what I want to point out is that some of the responses that come back, I love the one that says, I'm taking time now to pray right now. But sometimes there's, I'm sending good vibes. Now, this is a pet peeve for me. Okay, Sending good vibes. You're in my thoughts, okay? I know there's a lot of positive intent, but I want to point out the difference between actually actively praying and just taking a moment to think about and feeling about the situation. I'm not sure about the good vibe things. I'm like... I don't know. I'm not sure how that happens. Uh, the good vibes. Beach Boys had good vibrations. I don't know if that is that the same thing. I I'd, might be. Maybe I'm just needing help. Anybody has some good vibes that they can share with me later. Catch you after the business meeting, I guess. But take the time to actually and actively pray for your pastor. Now, now that we know what praying for your pastor is, I'm going to break it down in three categories, and this will go pretty quick. (laughs) You believe me. Number one, support in prayer for his physical well-being. His physical well-being. Uh, that sounds pretty straightforward in a sense. His physical well-being. What are some things? Health? That'd fall under that category. How about his needs? Uh, I'm going to turn, if you can, to Proverbs I can find it. I think it's Old Testament somewhere. Proverbs 30. We're going to look at verses 8 and 9. Now, this is actually a prayer from Agur. We call him Aggie. You know, we're close. Call him Aggie. That was funny. Come on, give me a break. I'll make this long, man. (laughs) All right, that's better. All right, verse 8. So he's praying about two different things. And the first part we're not going to spend too much time on, but it says, remove far from me falsehood and lying. Okay, that makes sense. Look at the second part here. Give me neither poverty nor riches, 
Feed me with the food that is needful for me. Now, in the NIV, which is what I normally use, it says daily bread. Sound familiar? We pray something similar to that this morning? All right. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. Let's take a look at this. What he's praying here is, Lord, give me what I need today. I'm not asking for so much, so much in abundance and everything that I, I turn away from you and say, yeah, I don't need you. I'm good. I got this. But at the same time, not so little that I'm in need and my focus is not on what you've called me to do and the anointing that you have on my life to accomplish, but I'm over and I may drift off and steal and go off in because I'm after filling my need. I'm not where you want me to be. He's praying for exactly what he needs to accomplish the purpose that God put in his life. When we pray for the physical needs of our pastor, it certainly should include health in the physical aspects and stamina and and things like that. He's got bills to pay, right? We need to pray that his bills get met. He's got kids in school. They got fees for everything. You know, there's a pencil fee. What? There's a pen fee, there's a, there's a breathing fee, I think, I don't know, but there's, there's fees for everything, and it, it seems like you get nickeled and dimed, and then there's a, a trip, or you need equipment for athletics, or you need to pay this or pay that, and it mounds up, and that's if everybody's healthy. Don't even go down the path if you have to use health insurance. Oh, I've got health insurance, but first I have to pay $14 billion dollars deductibles and co-pays, and thank God that we can look to him. Now, I want to say this. I don't have any problem with a pastor driving a Mercedes, if that's what he needs. I'm not a car expert, as you'll soon find out with this other example I've got. Uh, But there may be a need for some sort of an evangelist or a traveling preacher who travels long distances, that they need a vehicle that's a cut above that's going to last longer, if that's what that person needs, great. God bless them. But if it's not, what does he need? That's my prayer. God grant grant. Give him whatever he needs to accomplish your purpose so he stays in the center of your will. If that's a certain level of income, Lord, we turn that over to you that that income would meet the need. Give him wisdom. We'll touch on that in a minute. Does that make sense? I know sometimes, oh, that preacher better not be driving anything better than me. Why not? I hope he drives something way better than me. I hope he has his private helicopter. Wouldn't that be cool, huh? 
Here comes Pastor Lee landing out back here in his fatigues. Now, we should pray for his physical well being of everything that he needs to accomplish the purpose that God has put on him. Number two, support and prayer for his mental well being. So, first, we're talking physical, tangible, physical, tangible. Second is mental well-being, wisdom, decision-making, understanding, stress relief. You like that one? Maybe today's a stress relief day for him. Pray for his emotions. Anybody here desire to have a pastor who doesn't understand the Word of God. No. My hope is that he is overflowing in wisdom. God's wisdom. That he's overflowing in understanding. That he is grasping what God is teaching him. And that he's capable and able to feed the sheep. I'm not a mechanic at all. How I work on a car is number one, I take it to a place to get the oil changed. It's efficient. It's not that expensive. And they know what they're doing. Then, after so many oil changes, just before you change the wiper blades, you trade the car in, right? That's how you do it. <laughs> yeah. So, several years ago, a long time ago, I have a son, Joshua, who's way more mechanically inclined than I am, dealing with cars and working on cars. He said, Dad, yeah, you need new brakes. Uh, I'm going to help you change the brakes. All right, sounds good to me. So we're out in the driveway. It's a nice sunny day. Took us, I don't know, 20 minutes to get the lug nuts off the one wheel. Stuck. You know, couldn't get it off, trying to manually do it because I, I don't have an impact. Got it off and took another hour or so to get the calipers off. And I'm saying these words like I know what they mean, right? Yeah. <laughs> Impressive. Calipers here and lug nuts. Uh, <laughs> so we're working on the car. And by we, it's him and I'm standing there. But it took all day for us to work on that, that, that bra the brakes on that car. Why? Well, I didn't have any knowledge or understanding. He had a bit of that. I didn't have the right tools. I didn't, I didn't know which parts do you grease? Which, where do you put some... Don't even know what it's called. <laughs> stuff. The silver stuff on the threads. Anti-seize, right. 
Thank you. This is why I don't work on my brakes, right? <laughs> Triple A, help me. It took all day, which should have taken a lot shorter time. I didn't have the understanding, didn't have the tools. A couple years later, I got smarter. Still don't know how to change brakes, different vehicle, but uh, actually it was my pastor at the time. Uh, he knew how to work on cars. He said, you need brakes, come on up. Went into his garage. He had impact. <laughs> Worked on that. Wheels coming off. You know, he, he had the pieces off. says, here, this is what you got to do. See this part right here? You got a little grease that. And I see it's right here. It'll work out good. Boom, boom, boom. I don't know, half hour, 45 minutes later, the wheel's back on. I'm going like, what? <laughs> he had the knowledge. He had the wisdom. He had the right tools. He got the job done. In the same way, we need to pray for our pastor that he has the understanding, that he has the wisdom, that he has the right tools to get the job done, the vision that God has placed in his heart. He may not know everything, but we can pray that godly men and godly women are placed around him. Number one was support and prayer for his physical well-being. Number two was support and prayer for his mental well-being. Number three, and, and this is the final one today, support and prayer for his spiritual well-being. We read in 1 Peter that the, the enemy, the devil, prowls around, seeking who he may devour. Don't you think that the devil's smart enough to know if I take out the leader, I mess up the whole bunch? Forgive me. If I take out Roethlisberger, I have a snowball's chance of winning today. Only one, two, three Steeler fans, come on. <laughs> but it makes sense. There are going to be spiritual attacks. Now, how many of you guys were around in, in, in the 80s? Okay. Do you remember some spiritual giant, so to speak, that fell from grace? I'm not here to judge what had happened. What happened was wrong. But let me tell you this. Before we step too harshly out and judge those people of God, do you understand the attack that was going on around them? Way more than I would want. I'm not saying what, what they did, 
was right, what I am saying is that there's a spiritual battle going on. We talk about the armor of God. The devil, picture him as looking for that crack in the armor and then trying to attack at that weak point. It is our responsibility to pray for our pastor and our pastor's family. Because that devil does try to attack. How does he attack? Well, I'll tell you from experience. I've been fortunate enough to be uh, involved with pastors over the years when I lived in West Virginia. There would be a people that would come into the church dressed as hungry sheep. Oh, we just love the Lord. God's called us here to be youth ministers, children's church workers. That just happens to be what our need is. What a blessing. But soon you find out that they were wearing sheepskin because they ate the sheep, and you find out that they were really a wolf. And they were coming in to destroy the ministry. Oh, well, that doesn't happen. Maybe down in West Virginia, you know. That happens a lot. A lot. A different church that I was going to years before we moved out this way. There was an associate pastor, talented individual, very talented. His wife sang like an angel. He was in a church probably similar to, to the size of a church. But he thought what he was doing was better than what the lead pastor was doing. So he began to divide the church. That's not God. I'm telling you, that's not God. We need to be praying for the spiritual attacks that are inherent when you're in the ministry. We need to be praying for the spiritual attacks on the pastor's family. I could tell you other stories of how there's been personal threats made on different pastors. It's our responsibility to get his back. Now, you might be thinking, well, we just got a couple elders. That's their job, right? We have deacons. That's their job. I'm here to just feed me. No, it's our responsibility to pray for our pastor. It's our responsibility to lock arms, to, to, to fight like the man or woman of God that we are, to protect our pastor so that he can accomplish the purpose that God sent him to do. And that's what? To take care of us. As I was saying, we carry all stresses and all the problems that we have individually in our families. Add them all up. And that's on his plate. 
I'm going to use the word worry. Maybe that's not appropriate, but he worries or is concerned about the well-being of the sheep that God's given him. Those that are here to be fed ongoing, a part of this church as members and so on, and those that may be coming through. You know, I believe strongly that God sends people through maybe one time to sit in a service because that particular day was the nugget of food that they needed before God put them where they, he wanted them to be. Why do we have emergency rooms? Sometimes we're in an emergency room. Somebody needs that spiritual shot or bandage. And they come in. And maybe it's one week, maybe it's two weeks. If they disappear, we should pray for them too. That God puts them where they need to be so that they can, can heal and grow and flourish. There's spiritual attacks. And in a second, we're going to pray in these three areas for our pastor and his family. Number one was support and prayer for his physical well-being. Number two, support and prayer for his mental well-being. I like that word, mental. I chuckle every time I say it. Is he mental? No, don't say that. You're not taping this, are you? No, I didn't think so. You are? Oh. Can we beep? No? Number three, support and prayer for his spiritual well-being. We want to make sure he has an ear for God's voice. Vision for the ministry. That spiritual men, spiritual people, spiritual men and women are around him. Locking arm in arm. Does that make sense? You want to pray for your pastor this morning? Let's do that. Let's stand up. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come together as sheep this morning, lifting up our pastor, lifting up our pastor's family. We pray, Lord, first for physically that you are the source we are not the source, but we lift him up to you, recognizing that you are the source. Lord, we pray that in financial matters, you bless him every bit of everything he needs to accomplish the purpose of the assignment that you have in his life, in his family's life. We pray for his health and the health of his family. We pray, Father, for any tangible needs that there are, that you meet those needs according to your riches in glory. Father, we lift up our pastor for his mental needs, his emotional needs, his intellect, that you continue to teach and fill him with your knowledge. And more than that, that you allow him to apply that knowledge as wisdom that the sheep in this fold would be fed and strengthened. Pray, Father, that you continue to give him the right tools to do the job effectively and efficiently. We also pray for his spiritual well-being. Father, we recognize that there are attacks, and we thank you that you raise a standard, the Word of God, 
Oh, we pray a hedge of protection around him and his family. We pray, Father, that you give him a level of discernment that he would recognize those attacks as they would come and speak your word into those situations. Father, we thank you this morning as, as we wrap this up, as we move into praise, that you bless our pastor with everything he needs to walk in the center of your will. And we are careful to give you the glory and you the honor and you the praise because it's not by our skill and our ability, but it's by your word, by your grace, and it is by your anointing, Father, that all these things get done. And we thank you that Jesus is exalted in this place. Father, we pray this by the powerful name of Jesus. And everybody in this room said, Amen. Amen.